Hello. Enjoy to you. This is Father Brian Michael Rice from the Wave Consciousness Radio Network welcoming you to sacred space of expanding consciousness, of self-discovery, transformation, new possibilities, divine potential to share with you the good news that God dwells in you. Are you seeking a deeper interpersonal relationship with God? Are you called to living the original teachings of the Christ and embodying these teachings in your daily life? Then join us on the Way of Consciousness Radio Network, programming that offers all-inclusive and trans-denominational perspectives on deepening your individual and our collective divine consciousness in transforming our world into oneness. The focus of our radio programs is to inspire and offer assistance as you expand your inner awareness of divine presence. Learn deeper ways of spiritual mastery through dialogue, study groups, contemplation, prayer, meditation, and spiritual practices. Join the conversation with progressive spiritual luminaries of our times, members of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua, the Apostolic Communion, the Progressive Christian Alliance, the Order of the Brahma Christos, a Christhood Sanatana Dharma Swami Order, Interfaith and New Thought Movements, and all others who seek to bring oneness, consciousness, and peace to our world. The Way of Consciousness Radio Network is produced by the Order of the Friends of Yeshua. Our executive producer is Father Brian Michael Bryce. Co-hosts are Bishop Lee Allen Peterson, Father Brian Michael Rice, and Reverend Dr. Linda Marie Nelson. You can find us on the World Wide Web at OFJcommunity.org. Our Facebook page is listed as Apostolic Communion. Now here is the driving force behind the Way of Consciousness, Reverend Dr. Linda Marie Nelson. Well, I, I think we'd like to tell folks that uh, we'd like to meet people wherever they are in their awareness of their inner divinity and assist them in various ways by offering classes and study groups and discussion groups via Skype, by doing one-on-one mentoring, and if people are interested in a path that might lead to ordained ministry uh, through St. Francis College, through the Order of Friends of Yeshua and the Apostolic Communion, we can offer uh, that program tracked for those interested and who might feel the inner call to ministry. So I'm very excited to be a part of this and putting this word out into the world. Um, I think about the history of the church. Our first show uh, will deal with some of the history of the early beginnings of the church and the diverse um, perspectives that led to lots of divisions. Uh, within the Roman Church and how we have evolved to this place in time where we're seeking more to have an individual relationship with God and walk that path as God calls us from within our inner being. And now I'd like to introduce my co-host, 
Father Brian Michael Rice and Bishop Lee Allen Peterson. Welcome. Thank you, Gunnar Marie. And I, I got to say that this is one of the most exciting days for me in a long time. Welcome, and you're in store for something big. You're in store for something vast. Because what I've encountered in coming to know both Lynn Marie and Bishop Lee is that they have the Spirit flowing with them. And I'm pleased to be a part of this fusion and this integration and the merger. And I'm pleased to be a part of the launch. And now I'll defer to uh, the presiding bishop, Bishop Lee. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's wonderful to be here. It's absolutely fantastic that we're able to start this new network and dedicate it to the expansion of consciousness of all creation, actually. Consciousness is part of all creation. All creation springs forth from it. Therefore, this affects all creation. And it's wonderful to have you guys both uh, working so hard. I'm just the voice. These guys are the ones who are actually doing all the work. Praise God, because we actually have a regular network. (laughs) Uh, Brian, any closing thoughts from your perspective? Well, I think we're clearly, as Christ said, the Christ, expression of the Father principle. I think that we, like St. Francis said, we are going to be channels of peace for people. And we hope to inspire you to be channels of peace in the world, everyone who's listening at any time. And this network is going to be not only a vehicle, but it's going to be uh, the mustard seed. And it's going to grow big, and, and and we expect good things and great things. But we need you to be a part of that through your faithful listenership, through your support, through your calling in and, and learning and engaging in a dialogue and through taking part in all the things Reverend, Reverend Dr. Linda Marie just talked about. And, you know, we hope that you will walk the path with us because what we're going to be learning about in some of the first couple shows is what Christianity was really called in the beginning was the way. We'll talk about the way to to, to higher consciousness, to to higher awareness and to a greater realization of yourself as the Christ or the Buddha self or uh, whatever you call the the divine God self within you. Thank you for your openness and your willingness to listen to this today. And uh, please continue to come back to the site and constantly look for updates because we're going to keep you updated. We promise you that we will not let you down. We will lift you up. Thank you, Father Brian, and I'd also like to mention you can find us easily on Blog Talk Radio by going to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash way of consciousness. God bless. You are listening to the Way of Consciousness Radio Network programming to help you explore and rediscover and remember your inner divinity. This is the Way of Consciousness. Well, good evening. This is Linda Marie Nelson, and I welcome you to the Way of Consciousness along with my co-host, Lee Allen Peterson, who's 
calling in from Austin, Texas. I'm joining you from Nashville, Tennessee. And our discussion this evening will be The Third Millennium, a wonderful book written by Ken Carey. And the purpose of our show is to enter into a dialogue and to explore um, divine consciousness, the way the all-inclusive and universal reality of Christ consciousness. And that is why we are here preparing for the changes that are going on in the world and to join into a dialogue that will be meaningful for all of us as we journey towards a collaborative, um, all-inclusive consciousness and embody the message of Christ, which is peace, compassion, forgiveness, and love. So, without further ado, let me welcome my wonderful co-host, Bishop Lee Allen Peterson. Good evening, Lee. Good evening, Linda Marie. It's so great to to be doing a show with you. Uh, you know, we've been talking about this for a couple of years now, and finally it comes to fruition. And I think it's it's perfect timing for us to be uh, on the uh, radio talking about the way of consciousness and how all people are joined together in one consciousness. And no matter what their faith is, no matter what their background is, we all share that one singular consciousness and um, how we express that and how we utilize it in our daily lives is just it's just wonderful that we're able to do this. And I thank you so much for making all of this possible because without you, it wouldn't be possible, Linda Marie. Well, thank you uh, so much, Lee, for saying that. It's just I have such a passion about this, and, and I just uh, view this as part of what we do in ministry here in the Order of Friends of Yeshua. For, for those of you who are, are listening, uh, we have a contemporary group, uh, contemporary modern-day mystics, if you will, and it's a group of like-minded souls who have an, uh, a continuing dialogue about embodying and discussing the ways in which we embody that universal uh, consciousness and how it, we inhabit it and it inhabits us. And so um, this is our ministry. This radio show is just another way uh, to extend that ministry out into the world. So I'm equally blessed, Lee, and uh, we've been uh, on this journey for many years now, and I, this is just a wonderful addition to what we already try to do in our monthly discussions on Skype. And for any of you out there who might be interested, we have um, monthly uh open discussions the second Wednesday of each month on Skype. Skype, of course, is a free service that allows us to come together and have a discussion. And anyone who's interested in joining us can do so at any time. If you are interested in joining our monthly discussions on Skype, please send an email to my attention, Linda Marie Nelson, at Divinity. Alliance at Comcast.net. Uh, please include your Skype username, and I'll be more than happy to add you to the group discussion, which is the second Wednesday of each month at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, etc., across the country. So, Lee, this evening, um, I understand you're in Austin right now. You did a seminar today. Can you share a little bit about what you uh, 
what your experience was like today in Austin? The seminar was beautiful, Linda Marie. We had some wonderful people in attendance, and we we talked about uh, enlightenment and the the law of attraction, and we did some wonderful meditations. And I'm here with two of the participants who are also wonderful members of OFJ, and uh, I'm going to let you actually introduce them. we're going to continue doing seminars, not only in Austin, but in other cities. And we found out today that we can Skype them anywhere. And so that that was just marvelous. We had some people join us on Skype. Wonderful. So I don't even, yeah, it's going to get to the point where I don't even have to leave Weatherford. <laughs> we can just do everything on Skype. This technology now, is truly you- a blessing, isn't it? It is if it's used properly. It is if it's used properly. Technology Amen. can be a real blessing in spreading the word. And uh, so today we, we did some real, real heavy work on on finding out, you know, what is who we truly are, and that that our our image of ourself is the foundation from which we build upon everything. So seeing ourselves as children of God. Uh, made in his image and in his likeness, or her image, her likeness. Anyway, as children of light, as children of divine consciousness, as manifestations of that consciousness and form, to see ourselves in that light, and then how we can view our lives from that point. And it just it changes everything and allows us to to look at ourselves and know that we are the awareness that is viewing the thoughts in our minds and having the experiences that our thoughts aren't us and our experiences aren't us. It, it was just extremely refreshing to go back, you know, uh, um, over those basic points once again. Sounds wonderful. wish I could have joined you today, but I will in the future for sure. Yeah, and uh, by Skype. Yeah. And uh, I would also like to offer our listeners um, who are present this evening who may be listening on a, to our archives which the show is always available after the broadcast on demand at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash art of living well. You just scroll down, look for on demand episodes, and continue until you find uh, the way of consciousness. Click on the title and you can listen to our archive shows, and they're always available. So thank you, Lee. Uh, we will also be offering these seminars as Lee said, in cities around the country. And if anyone out there is interested uh, in having either a Skype version or um, possibly even one in person, just send an email to divinityalliance at comcast.net and let us know of your interest, and we will um, respond to you and we'll plan something together. This evening we are discussing a, a book by Ken Carey called The Third Millennium, and we are thrilled and honored to have two folks, uh, Reverend Dr. Nancy Freeborg and her wonderful husband, Reverend Dr. Gary Freeborg, who are real fans of the writings of Ken Carey. And so they're going to talk with us this evening uh, about their knowledge of the third millennium. So welcome, Nancy and Gary Freeborg. 
Hi, Linda Marie. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. Hi, hi uh, Father Lee, Bishop Lee. We are just thrilled that we can be part of this call. Hi, Nancy. It's so great to hear your voice. And yours. Thank you so much for joining us. We are truly grateful. Uh, can Gary say hello? Is he there? It's wonderful to be here with you tonight. Thank How you, are you, Gary. I'm wonderful and just thrilled that you could join us. Um, I wonder if um, either you or Nancy would give us sort of an overview, just a brief kind of uh, overview of the third millennium, uh, what Ken Carey is trying to offer us in this experience. Well, pretty much it's a book that he's, he looks at how we've historically defined ourselves, sort of how we fell, if you will, and fell into the spell of matter, and um, how we are going to live in the future. And he, he talks about the historical illusions, and then he, he refers to post-historic living and how we will live in a time when we are in full consciousness and full awareness, uh, you know, really in connection to our source and always regard our nature uh, to source and don't see ourselves in isolation or separation. Wonderful. Well, I, you know, uh, in in reviewing the book again, um, I love what he talks about in the very beginning, uh, the boundaries of time, on page five when he says that um, all that stands between us and the awareness of the being of the source of all life can be released just as easily as a sigh. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. It's such a reminder that how close we are. We are it, but we don't realize that we're it. And and yet, even though he says it's as easy as relaxation, uh, because of the habits that we've developed and the the addictions we might have to our thoughts or our emotions or our situation, that it takes a lot of deliber a little bit of deliberation to um, you know really arrive at that place where you feel fully connected. And yet he says. You know, if your love for reality is is sufficiently strong, that deliberate that deliberation, that focus is not difficult. And uh, I love in the next paragraph when he says, "We are beings consciously inhabiting the universal presence." We just don't always understand that, do we, Nancy? Yeah, we really don't. It, it's. Uh... And, and he, in his beauty of what, what my husband and I love so much about Ken Carey, it's like we were talking about him today saying, you know, really, how does it feel when we sit down to read Ken Carey? It's like, it's almost like uh, having dark chocolate in a glass of wine. <laughs> you know, it's our, it's our special getaway, you know. Other people like to, you know, maybe go to the movies or watch TV or take a walk. We like to snuggle up and, you know, read a few of his paragraphs because we just marvel at the, the beauty and the prose and the, you know, he's very poetic. And, you know, as, as James Redfield says, it's a, a poetic description of the emerging spiritual awareness. And, you know, something about poetry and those words put, put together, the way he links them together, they just really reach our souls because it's almost like they're beyond the, the words of the mind. It's like a artistic expression, so it reaches at a heart level where it's beauty. And so it, it has some uh, another layer of meaning for us. And, and it seems like every time we read something, and we've been reading this, I think it came out in 91, and Starseed made it, came out in the late 70s, um, it's still alive every time, or 
it's something we read and we're gosh, did we really actually read that before and did we really understand that? And you know, it's it's becoming more and more alive. It is a very organic thing. I think he does a really wonderful job of describing uh in the chapter behind the historical disorder how we manage to become um so distracted, if you will, by the material world and how history um, has played such a great role in that. And um, so I found that chapter to be um, very interesting, particularly with regard, and I I think Lee um, uh, could weigh in on this. There's a a sentence on page 39 when he talks about concepts and ideologies that are rooted in fear, even arbitrarily maintain belief systems that on the surface may not appear to be rooted in fear, act as shields to black out the, the very emanations of eternity. You know, we were and, talking about that today, Linda Marie, uh-huh. uh, it, it, that very same thing, about how the uh, how religion has actually just... Uh, built walls of separation between the reality of spirituality and the practice of religion. And, and that's exactly what it is. It, it's, religion is afraid. Uh, so much of religion is, is fear-based because they are supporting a hierarchical structure that is afraid to allow people to be themselves. Uh, realizing that everyone is made in the image and likeness of God, and that if we are ourselves, you know, how much more powerful does that make the individual? How much more powerful are you in realization of who you are in a positive light rather than in a negative light? And it makes you basically uh, a free agent in the world. Isn't that how God created us, after all, to have free will? And one of the things I love about uh, Mr. Carey and the way he talks is that he says when he experiences these things, it's a relaxing into a more yes. genuine and genuous, generous, generous self. Yeah. And I think I think that's the key. It's relaxing into who we truly are. And you know, it's uh, I I really feel in my heart what you said about the structures that we we think we're preserving the truth when we create these what winds up being separation and um, and the hierarchies hold feel that they hold the truth when really all the the spirit the consciousness of the creator indwells all and. Um, I wish that we could change to to an opportunity for encouraging all people within the church to learn to open to that consciousness, that divine intelligence, and allow that to guide each individual without needing to follow a law or a rule in order to know whether they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. So um, I think that's where a dogmatic uh, behavior in the name of freedom becomes foolish because it's you're not allowing the consciousness of the infinite creator to be the pers- to be the sustenance that drives us and moves us and in, li- in which we what is it live and move and should have our being 
Yeah, God in whom we live and move and have our being. And and it it's it's sad actually because I think the the you know, they built the structures to preserve the truth. But they were in preserving a aspect of the truth, you you eliminate the ability to go beyond the structure and to see the fullness of the truth. And we were talking about this today. It's called the evolution, the evolution of spirituality, the evolution of religion, if you will, religion being the outward manifestation of your inward spirituality. It has to you you can't set sticks and standards in the mud and and just say, okay, this is what it is and nothing else, which is what we've done in, in, in the past in an effort to preserve the purity of that one teaching. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so in doing something that we thought was good, we were actually uh, ended up doing something that stifled that stifled this growth. And and Ken Carey uh, points this out uh, many times in his book and gives us the antidote to it. Yeah, I mean, if there's any book that would really sort of affirm and encourage an individual to trust their own knowing and to really encourage them to know that they have direct knowledge, direct link, uh, it's, it's this book. I mean, if you have any question about how to understand that, how to be that, how to have that real in your life, um, he, he beautifully goes through all these stages of, you know, how we came to this place in the first place, how we sustained it, and how we can move out of it. And um, he really does uh, help you understand with excitement like a child that you really can trust your own knowing. You can really trust your own inner instincts. You really need to hear that voice and you need to know that it's real because, uh, as he says, we've been under this spell of matter for so long and we really are letting our senses deceive us into believing that everything that we have to get all of our information and all of our affirmation and all of our wisdom and knowledge from something external to us. And, and those external things can be wonderful tools, can be guideposts, and can really help us. Uh, but he really honors the truth of your being, which, you know, is greater than all of those things. It, you know, for me, that sacred center, your heart, he speaks of love and the heart center for sure. Um, there is nothing external. There is no structure, no church, no organization, no ideology, no political belief system um, that will perfectly honor the truth of that being. You're gonna, you may approximate it and try to have it express that, but then it gets, as Lee was saying, it gets very distorted and then it falls into this power trip and then, you know, people trust it and not themselves. You know, I love, uh, thank you, Nancy, I love what Ken Carey says on page six, 60, a successful church is transitional. A stepping stone toward consciousness, not a rock upon which generations duplicate the mistakes of the past. To orient your life around a structure of some other human being's understanding is to worship a false god. Wow. Exactly. I mean, you're not trusting your understanding. You're saying, my understanding's not good enough, or my understanding exactly. isn't clear, or... You know, and we do it all the time. I mean, we we live in fear, and and uh, you know, we move in these you know ways that uh, really limit our 
definition of self, and then, you know, we're locked into sort of, as he refers to as a fractal perception of the universe. And, and, and he's really telling us in this book that now is a very critical time uh, to really sort of activate our full perceptual apparatus and that and that, that apparatus and that the, the waking up and the knowing that we're being called to now is way above linguistic thought, way above structured thought. It's it's really from a much higher dimension, and we have that capacity. We have that birthright. And you know, what can we create when we when we step into that place? You know, um, he says later on in that chapter, do not sacrifice upon the altar of your mind the sacred wisdom that arises with each beat of your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just beautiful. And we've, you know, I, I'm just so glad we're coming to a turning point in our history where we seem to be opening up more and more to that. And um, collectively, I think we're beginning to reach a crescendo about letting our minds relax in love and being open. <laughs> And then the Creator's consciousness can actually live through us. And when we receive this, it says a little bit later, you receive the consciousness of God that precedes all manifestations, is limited, unlimited. It's limitless uh, and full of eternal love. The consciousness is the greatest gift. It really is. I mean, that is that is what where we are now in, in terms of our evolution, and and yet at the same time, what's so sweet about him for me is in his chapter Transmutation of Error, um, he he says that it's not possible or desirable to avoid all painful or sorrowful experiences uh, during our course of incarnation, but that you know most of these experiences could have been avoided, and you know I mean just just stating that he he's he's acknowledging that. He says further on that, you know, everything is turned to good, everything. Everything, even though we're perfect beings having an imperfect experience or creating something that doesn't feel very good, it, you know, it, everything is going to have a place and everything has a purpose and that uh, it can be used to good. And, and he further goes on to illustrate, which I loved because uh, it was kind of scientific and my husband is into, he loves uh electronics and all of that and he talks about electrical circuitry and he he gives that example of if you flowed uh, that current straight from the power source to the speaker he says you wouldn't have any sound it would be that direct thing well it's kind of like us in our lives you know we can't just boom go you know go and have this experience of perfection it seems like we take this circuitous route because it has something to do with the the energy flow or the the creative expression of we as humans until we can really hold that. We can't really hold that pow, you know what I mean? He says if if we were to go straight from uh, pure energy of life force, if it was to go straight to the heart of matter, he said stars are born, but we can't really hold that and stabilize that. And so we have these experiences which, you know, seem to be challenging, but in truth, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay for us to walk this path and but then start to wake up and say you know we don't have to have it be painful <laughs> well you know i i look at it this way it, it's we are each unique creations or manifestations of the one reality but what makes us the unique 
manifestations that we are is like you say we we we're not straight shots if we were straight shots we would not be unique you you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. we would lose our individuality i i don't think we're destined to lose our individuality i think we're destined to transform our the our perception of our of our individuality in that we we no longer see ourselves as separate but we do see ourselves as unique expressions of that one reality you see you don't have to be separate in order to be a unique expression and so you don't lose your individuality right. you you're simply changing your perspective on how you view your individuality and so, you know, we say we thank God for everything we've gone through because every moment that we've gone through goes into making us who we are right now. And so that's, that is the, uh, the in and the out and the ebb and the flow of the energy in our lives. It's, to ma- it's, to, it's so that we reflect a genuine me or a genuine you because if it was a straight shot, there'd be no there'd be no need for the individuality it's it's like uh um, facets in a diamond right he says that you know god wants to inhabit our individuality exactly and look behind behind and through these eyes to experience that individuality um in his other books he 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 pretty much states our purpose really succinctly that it's it's to enjoy explore uh and develop space Right. It's really simple. You know, that's it. We're here to enjoy and develop and explore space in in consciousness as a, as a incarnate being, and uh, we're much greater than our bodies, and we know that. And and you know, he's really clear to get us uh, through that maze of being focused on the material and saying it's of service. It's good. It's awesome. It's beauty. It's amazing to think our bodies do what they do. We don't have. To, he tells you, you know, they don't have to. You know, we don't have to tell our eyelashes to grow and our liver to process exactly. toxins. And, you know, there's this intelligence, this divine intelligence that is there. And being in this biologic, being clothed biologically, you know, is a real gift. And uh, But we got kind of trapped into the, um, probably the thrill of the senses, what we saw, what we felt, what we, you know, yes. the experience of it. And so... There's that blending in that, that uh, uh, you know, allowing us to be that yet remember, ah, I'm, I'm, but I'm all of it that precedes manifestation. And that we did talk about that today in our workshop. Wonderful. If I could just take a moment here to remind our listeners that you are listening to The Way of Consciousness. We're part of the Art of Living Well radio network here on Blog Talk Radio. We are talking about a book by Ken Carey called The Third Millennium. And we would like you to um, call in and ask a question or make a comment. Our phone number here is 805-292-0349. You know, Gary, I'd like to address this to you Um in the book, I, I, he talks about the economic sculpture of the world and how it is shifting. And um, he talks about the second coming of Christ, 
that it's in fact the first fully conscious incarnation of the internal one in the collective. And that as this event approaches ever nearer, all human organizations rooted in fear will be faced with increasing structural difficulties until they either change, restructure, or collapse. I think it's interesting uh, in light of what's going on in the world. Uh, how would you comment on that, Gary? Well, I was just recently talking to the hundredth monkey about that, and <laughs> it, it's um, it's uh, um, it, it's a really great thing to see. I believe um, how how the world is changing in such a way that we can have new beginnings. And all these new beginnings can be rooted in love. And the structures that have been rooted in maybe some greed and less than love in the past can be replaced with something that is in the highest and best good of all mankind, of all of planet Earth, and all our galactic brothers and sisters. And so that is one of the themes I see in Ken Carey's writings that yeah. always brings hope. And that's what brings brings us back to um, rereading things like this over and over again. It's one of those genre of books that, you know, when you do reread it, it, it's just alive. And we all have certain of them that we hold dear to ourselves. And uh, so you can you can understand what we're talking about when we have a really alive message here. And the prose, it just makes it so much fun to read. Well, you know, I, I was thinking also, Gary, about um, what is happening in the Middle East, what happened in Egypt, and what's happening in other places. And in his book he says, observe which nations are allowing new leadership and new awareness to guide them. Notice how certain communities, cities, even whole societies are stepping beyond the fearful paradigms of the past and that the stability of our government is not threatened but increased by those of its citizens who become conscious. Exactly. I mean, we affect one another. The more conscious each individual becomes, it starts in your own space, in your own heart. It has a resonant, powerful effect. And if we can imagine and envision a, a future, as he suggests, is possible, I mean, he basically says that our very finest art and our finest music is, is almost caricaturish to what we can create when we step into a space uh, where we're creating from a place where we're absolutely aware of our, of our essential awareness of, and being of who we are. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's where we're headed. I, that's what's going on right now, that the, the things that are crumbling are probably because people are starting to slowly wake up and say, I'm not that, and that doesn't represent me. Exactly. It said this, um, he says later, which I, I believe is what we're seeing, is this growing field of consciousness that in it harmony is empowered and given authority to stabilize cultural, political, and social revolutions, and, um, and they'll begin to occur without with de decreasing violence. And, and so he, he does give such great hope for the changes, although they feel uncomfortable, and you can understand why the people who have had control for so long feel uncomfortable with the changes, but 
I think that collective consciousness that he speaks of will cause a cohesive realization and therefore stabilize our world. And I guess that's what we all should be focusing on. Well, yeah, and one of his overriding uh, themes and principles is that it's not just been since Christ 2,000 years ago, even though that seems like a long time ago. It's been thousands of years that, you know, energy and love and support has been focused upon us for this time now. Uh, we, we've, You know, it's been a long slumber, it seems, but I guess in eternity's time frame, um, it, it's not so long, but we've had a lot of support to and a lot of uh, love and focus on us to wake up. And I think we instructed ourselves, he, he refers to, we have this eternal, our own eternal counterpart, another aspect of ourselves that is in complete awareness of who we are, where we can be, what we can create. And it said, you know, there may come a time, and here's this time, when, you know, we're telling that part of ourselves to say, wake up. You know, now's the time to wake up. And uh, I think it's pretty exciting how how Ken always uh, points out that we do have um, other helpers, if you will, other, you know, guides. You know, there's there's a lot of um, uh, life force energy out there in, in forms that I don't understand, but that I certainly welcome. There's things that I wouldn't have welcomed had I been in a, a another time in my life in a strict religious paradigm where. I couldn't even imagine that that my piano that I'm looking at right now, the, the molecules and the particles in that piano have awareness. And you know, so I, you know, I think this idea that there's there's so much more in terms of you know where we can go and how we're being supported to get there. It's pretty exciting. It sure is. Um, I love on page 159 this the sentence that says, "By the year 2011." Hello, 2011. I'm sure that seemed far away when he wrote this. Um, humankind will have reached its due date for the cohesion of its collective consciousness. Lee, so interesting that we began this show. We had been talking about it for a long time, and we decided to do the way of consciousness in 2011. In 2011, that's right. And, you know, we were just what we were just talking about, we have the singular, uh, if you will, incarnation of Christ in 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 terms of Yeshua. It, it what what is Yeshua showing us is that this time right now, when when that singular consciousness of Christ becomes incarnate in the mass consciousness of society. I don't think we've. I don't think we we have, uh, in terms of religion. I don't think we have explored it quite that quite that way. But Jesus obviously knew it because he said, "Greater things than I do will you do," and he's talking about a time like now when when he came to show us who we truly are in potential, and now that time. Uh, it's time for that potential to fulfill itself. And we see this exact same type of thing that, that what he's talking about in the Egyptian uh, revolution that we just had. Here was a 30-year regime, and all the, m many of the other regimes in the Middle East that have had a, a single leader for more than 30 years, they're all going through the same thing. But mm -hmm. look at how many people lost their lives as a result of violent 
uh, revolution. None. You see, and and, and therefore, the it, it creates the stability because Mubarak was not allowed to use the military force on the people that were coming against his regime because they were not using violence against him. Exactly. So we see a nonviolent overthrow of a 30-year regime, and it was a stable transition from his government to to the government that is currently coming into power. And And right now the military is holding the gap, but the military is allowing the people to be the people. Well, that's the same thing that we have to do. We have to allow ourselves to be ourselves and trust that relationship that we have with the divine. Trust it. It's a relationship, and relationships are built in the heart. So let's trust our heart, and let's allow everyone to trust their hearts. And how beautiful will that be? Amazing. Amazing. Go ahead, Nancy. Well, I'd like to read. There's a section in his chapter called A Moment of Quantum Awakening. And uh-huh. so he's, he does he does speak about this time when there will be a collective awakening. And so, I mean, it's nice to read somebody that's saying, you know, we can do this. It can happen. It can be good. It can turn out beautiful, and we can transition and, and transmute fear. And, you know, and so he, he says here on page 129, uh, long before the moment of collective awakening, there will have been established a sufficient core of people functioning on higher frequencies of awareness to enable the harmonic currents of their respective amplified radiations to displace the influence of those who may react in fear, both at the moment of collective awakening and beforehand. And here's my favorite part. He says the frequency radiations or vibratory emissions of fear are not harmonious. Their effect on collective human consciousness increases at an arithmetical rate, one, two, three, four, for each additional person whose behavior is centered in fear. But then he goes on to say they, they do not build in a kind of geometric progression that's, that's characteristic of love, which is 2, 4, 6, you know, 8, 16, 32, et cetera. So the number, we always talk about the hundredth monkey, it doesn't have to be what we think it needs to be um, if enough of us, you know, who are preparing ahead of this time and really trying to minimize the trauma of what's to come because we're practicing that general awareness and we're relaxing into it. And as many masters have said up to this point, the only way to really do that is is to truly just be here now, to be in this moment and to be fully present and to be in your heart. So as Lee was just, you know, saying, that radiation of love um, it, it, we, we need to believe that that has a really powerful effect. That is that is what's real. That is not the illusion. That is that is the you know the truth of how the universe works. I love what you said about the heart. And later in the book, he says, you know, um, I do not come with a new belief system, but I come pointing a new uh, to a doorway that lies within each human heart, the doorway to the experience. Of God, I am. I, I just love that the God you serve is a God who lives to serve you, and it matters not what you believe or what you profess to others. If you trust in human teachings, you, and you assign greater value to concepts and human interpretations than to the love that alone can understand, you are trusting in yesterday 
instead of in the now, in the presence of God. Yeah, and he goes on to say, to comprehend God, you must open your heart to a love greater than any you've ever known. And, you know, we hold on very tightly to our experiences of love, and we have great attachments to them, and I think we have um, very limited, minimal experiences of what that really means in some cases. And so just opening yourself and relaxing yourself to what that love can be, it's, it, you know, I, I know we've all had them. We've had moments where you're just so humbled in in your meditation time, in your experience with a friend, you know, where you just feel this great connection and you feel, uh, I cry <laughs> when I have those experiences. Yeah. You know, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm just a big old blubber mess. And, um, you know, because I see my faults, so I can really see those faults very well, you know. So when the love floods in, it's, it's such a welcome relief to wash all that yuck stuff away and uh, allow that love to come in. And so often, you know, I believe we underestimate the power of the heart. And for all the listeners out there, you are folks that are opening your hearts, and that is such a valuable thing to be happening on the planet right now. That There's nothing greater that you can do to open your heart and allow the love of God to come through you and to ground that, that power on the planet. It's so valuable. Absolutely, Gary. And I know in the classes that I facilitate, and I know you as well, and the and the and the seminars that we and the conversations we have, people often are struggling. They don't know exactly how to make that happen. And I love what Ken Carey says in his book that God's consciousness cannot come to those who struggle to comprehend. It cannot come to those who attempt to contain their God within human reason, but it comes to all who embrace their world in love and allow that love to guide their lives. Isn't that great? <laughs> Doesn't it, that it's put just, everybody at the at the same? I mean, you know, we're, we all we all can experience that, and nobody's left out, and there's no superiority. And um, it, it's to me, it's just a hopeful message that says, you know. I love that part where it says that God, we we, we are serving a God who lives to serve, and, and that's really true. If you understand that God is both the gift and the giver of the gift, mm-hmm. and we're the receiver of that gift. That then it, and we receive in gratitude with appreciation. Uh, that's exactly where we're supposed to be right now, you see, because when when we ask for things to be made manifest, what we're really what what it is, it's God talking to God, and God answers God. Uh, are the universe. Uh, and we are just receptive. We are recipients of that grace. <laughs> We're recipients of that gift, and so there's no need for greed. There's no need for jealousy. There's no need for envy. Uh, if we can get, if we can come to that understanding, you know. And also, we don't have to be afraid to make a mistake. 
You know, I love what Ken Carey says, those who are afraid to make mistakes serve a God of fear. Their love is incomplete. Go forth boldly. Have the courage to live your vision, which is God's vision, in spite of your fears. That is all that is required. And and at the same time, he encourages you to look at your life and to see behavior that needs to change so that you can stabilize this awareness because it's almost like that awareness can't keep a foothold if you keep falling back into that, you know, those old patterns. And so he encourages us to change and then move on. Um, I I love what he says about repentance. Um, He says repentance is a doorway, not an abode. It is a value only when it inspires healthy change and passes on into a state of restored self-acceptance. He says to value yourself less than God values you is not humility, it's a pride of a most destructive nature. And so, and he also talks about religions that, you know, prolong repentance. And, you know, it's, he says that that is actually very repugnant to the spirit. It's helpful to look at these things and to be, you know, but we have to sort of, uh, you know, like Gary was saying, have things be in your periphery and then see it, make the change, move on. When it comes up again, you're in the moment, you're present, make the change and move on. Thank you, Nancy, and thank you, Gary. Uh, Bishop Lee, I thought this might be a good time. Would you lead us in a guided prayer meditation, if you like? I would be happy to um, play a little bit of Sean O'Shea's music, if you feel that would be appropriate. Sure. Uh, Give me just a second. Um, And I will. Whenever you're ready. So let's just simply relax and take a deep breath in and out. And again, take a deep breath in and out. And now lightly and just observe your breath. Observe your breath sustaining you. Now be aware of the universe sustaining you through breath. And now simply detach from your thoughts, from your emotions, and realize that you are the observer, the awareness. Now observe your mind. Observe your thoughts and emotions and realize I am awareness. I simply be with my thoughts and emotions. In my state of awareness, I realize I am the inner peace observing the noise in my mind. I am the inner peace observing the chatter in my mind. I am the inner peace observing my emotions, witnessing the negativity around me. I am the inner peace like the eye of a storm 
I do not look for I am that inner peace. Thank you, God, for I am the inner peace. I know I am the inner peace, witnessing my thoughts, just letting them be. I am the inner peace. I am, I am, I am the inner peace. Now let's just sit for a moment knowing that I am the inner peace and knowing that that inner peace is my peace. Thank you, God, for in my higher true self, I am that which I am, the inner peace at one with source. Now just take another deep breath in and out. Open your eyes. Relax and look around you and realize I am the inner peace at one with source. That's beautiful music. <laughs> Yes, that music is a gift uh, from inspirational singer-songwriter here in Nashville, Sean O'Shea, who is so generous to have created uh, music for us for the radio shows, and we are really grateful to him for his talent and his kindness and his generosity of spirit. Um, you can find more information about Sean O'Shea on his website, singspirit.net, or learn more about his book, Spiritual People Skills, at his website, spiritualpeopleskills.com. Thank you, Lee, for that beautiful uh, guided prayer, uh, centering and, 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 and feeling the presence of, of the consciousness of God within us. That was, that was lovely. And I'd like to thank... Um, Reverends Gary and Nancy Freeborg for being so kind to join us this evening in speaking about the book, The Third Millennium, by Ken Carey, so pertinent to the current times we find ourselves in with regard to the, conscious, the shifting consciousness of uh, the people of the world and how collectively we are in our hearts, joining into that shift and change from fear into love. Um, just like to say that next week, uh, our show is on each Sunday evening, by the way, and next week we will be doing a little bit from the Way of Mastery. And the following week, we will have as our guest, Reverend Roger McClellan, from the Progressive Christian Alliance. Oh, that's great, Linda Marie. I love Roger McClellan and the work he is doing in the Progressive Christian Alliance. I think it, it's, you know, it's just wonderful to see how the how this this idea of consciousness is spreading across all the different faith traditions. And so we're going to see the Progressive Christian Alliance. Uh, as as a group dedicated 
to the spread of consciousness in in uh, in Christian faith and in other faiths as well. So it's going to be that's going to be a wonderful show. And of course, I love doing the way of mastery, so I look forward to that. And I just want to thank you, Linda Marie, for really making all this possible, to giving your time uh, for these shows and you know what you're doing to spread consciousness throughout the universe. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Well, thank you, Lee, and I appreciate uh, first of all your your many years of friendship and um support and I it's an honor to be a part of working with you in this regard. Uh and also with the with the Freeborgs, Gary and Nancy Freeborg and many others who belong to uh, this collective consciousness that we each in our own unique way, whether th- whether it's through a Buddhist tradition, uh, through yoga, through whatever t- Christian traditions of various kinds, seeing it all as the oneness of love and the oneness of God. So enjoy, can, enjoy the rest of your stay in Austin, Bishop Lee. I'm glad your seminar was such a wonderful success and. Uh, Safe travels back to Weatherford tomorrow. Well, thank you. And I want to thank Nancy and Gary for being so wonderful hosting me as well as being on this show and sharing their tremendous wisdom and love with us. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. We love you guys, and we love all of you out there in Radioland, too. (laughs) God bless you all. In all ways. Well, thank you so much, and God bless. Thank you for listening to The Way of Consciousness here on The Way of Consciousness Radio Network. Programming to inspire you to live from the divine indwelling within you. This is a production of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua and the Apostolic Communion. You can find us on the World Wide Web, ofjcommunity.org, ofj-online-network.info, apostolic-communion-online-network.info, and also on our YouTube Apostolic TV channel, www.youtube.com slash user slash Apostolic Communion with a capital A and a capital C, with the other letters being lowercase. Thank you again. This is executive producer of the Way of Consciousness Radio Network, Father Brian Michael Rice. Thanking you.